Welcome to the Teacher Transition Podcast, where we celebrate the amazing things former teachers are now doing outside of the classroom. And where teachers who are considering making a move of their own can find the resources, guidance, and support that they need to take their next steps. I'm your host, Allie Parrish, and I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome back for another episode of the Teacher Transition Podcast. So glad that you're here. Before we jump into today's episode, I just want to point out some of the great things that many of you are up to lately. Okay, we have some teachers who've received their instructional design certificate lately and their learning developer certificate in some of the courses that they're taking. We have others who are giving themselves just some some grace. Okay. And a little bit of leniency in, I don't know what I want to do yet, but I know I need to do something different. And I don't know when that's going to be. And you're not setting like a, I have to do this by this date. And, and others of you are setting dates and having goals. I just love that everyone is being self-directed with what you're doing And again, giving yourself some grace. It's nice to have timelines with things, especially when we know exactly how it's all going to play out and how long things are going to take. But when you're doing something you've never done before, give yourself some grace and some space. Let it happen when it happens. Keep leaning into the process. Good things will happen and are happening. Some of our teachers who just started their new jobs this last week have been working on this kind of preparation path for a little over a year, right? Others, it's happened sooner than that. But, you know, just like with an airplane and when they're going to launch and take off, like, and head into flight, they have a runway prior to that, okay? Let yourself have a runway, um, a time frame, a space, space and time, okay? To, uh, yeah, to get your foundation, anything and everything you need lined up for that. Okay. But again, great job, you know, and and shout out to Becky and to Rosie who've just started their, their jobs this last week. I love hearing how some of the companies that you're lining opportunities with, like even where the school year is still going on and where it's wrapping up or close to wrapping up. I love hearing about the opportunities where they're like, Hey, why don't you start part-time this many hours while you're still teaching and then we'll, we'll build up your schedule more after the year concludes. So cool. So cool to hear that. Love that. And I'm so excited for those who've recently landed jobs to come and to share what they're doing, how they're doing it, how they landed the opportunities, how they're enjoying it, all of that. So more to come on that in the future as well. All right, let's hop into today's episode. In the last two episodes, we've talked about how to approach the resignation conversation from a place of confidence, okay? And a place where you feel good about it afterward, where you don't have to have any regrets in how you went about it. We also talked about resignation letters, how to say what you want to say um, in the way that you want to say it and that you can look back on and be proud of, okay? We want you to feel good, not only about what you do, in the future, but about how you go about the process to do that. All right. Now in today's 
conversation. In today's podcast episode, we are going to be talking about how once that is all done with the resignation paperwork and conversations and process, well, you're still there. More often than not, teachers who resign are still there for not just the rest of the day after they turn in the papers and have a conversation, but they're there for multiple weeks or, in my case, multiple months. And I want you to be able to navigate not just that time frame and not just your coworker relationships and conversations, but whatever your transition timeline is and whoever you interact with, I want you to be able to conduct the conversations that are going to be had very confidently and in a collected and calm kind of a way, okay? So I want you to imagine yourself at your school building, or if you teach in a non-traditional way, I want you to imagine you're interacting with one of your coworkers. Maybe you're at your school building and it's, you know, a couple days after the resignation conversation and they've heard, oh, that you're going to be doing something different next year. And they come and they ask you about it. Okay. What, what thoughts, what emotions and feelings come to your mind when I even play out that scenario? Do you start to feel a little like anxious or tense or worried, concerned? Or do you feel like I got this? I know what I want to say, how I want to say it. And I feel really good about my game plan. Okay. I want you to be able to say the latter, to feel the latter and experience the latter. Okay. That's a good example for them as well. And it's a great influence. So how can you make that a reality? And what if it's not a coworker? What if it is the parent of one of your students or like one of our insiders mentioned recently, you know, she said, these parents are like, I'm so excited. You're going to be my kid's teacher next year. What if it's that parent or one of those parents? I want you to be able to conduct, carry out, and really feel, kind of own that conversation in a confident way. All right. Or if it's an administrator, anyone, regardless of who it is, or maybe it's a neighbor or a friend and they just hear you're up to something different. I want you to be able to conduct it confidently calmly and collected. All right. So let's dive in to how to make this your reality. By the end of this episode, I want you to feel like you not only have kind of a good mindset or mind frame, frame of mind and how to think about this, but I want you to actually feel a little prepared with, here's how I can articulate that, right? Let's not just talk theory here. Let's give some samples and examples. You can try some on for size for yourself. You can write down whatever works for you, right? A different way of saying it is probably going to be what's best for you. So it's okay to write that down. And if you want to be really confident, really collected, it's okay if, if you're a fan of practicing something in front of a mirror, you can totally do that. Do whatever works for you. Regardless of who is asking you questions and how the conversations are going about, we tend to see three types of questions that people ask. First off, the why, then the what, and then the how. The why are questions like, well, why are you quitting? Why are you doing something else? Okay. 
they want rationale. They're trying to make sense of things. They want to understand. Okay. Those are the whys. The what is, well, what are you going to do next? What is your plan? And sometimes, you know, they're really genuinely curious. And maybe their curiosity is stemming from a place of like a personal standpoint in wondering, well, what can they actually do next too? You know, if they're a teacher or a coworker. And there's the question of how. How did you land this job or how did you get that next opportunity? Or if you don't have one yet, it's, you know, how are you planning on getting a different job? How are you going to go about this? And sometimes the classic question of, well, how can you even do something else or what else can you do other than teaching, right? So I want you to be prepared for the why, the what, and the how questions. And to do this and to do it effectively, to not only be prepared for the questions, but to be calm, collected, and confident in how to approach and address these questions, I want you to have four underlying kind of beliefs or understandings that you're operating off of. Here they are. Number one, focus on what you do know rather than on what you don't know. Number two, remember what is most important. Number three, I want you to point to the positives, okay? Positive things. And number four, when all else fails, redirect the conversation, okay? Let me give some context as we see how these four principles can play out in conversations. Okay, so I want you to imagine two teacher scenarios. Scenario one is a teacher who is resigning and they have their next opportunity, their next job already lined up. Maybe they're really confident in how they approach these conversations. Maybe not, but I want you to be. Okay, scenario number two is a teacher who's resigning. They've already done all the paperwork and conversations and they do not have a job lined up. Maybe they're really confident in how they approach the conversation. Maybe they're not. So first, I want you to establish the reality that confidence isn't solely dependent on having a next opportunity lined up. You can have confidence even if you don't yet have something lined up, like you haven't sealed the deal or signed a contract with a company yet, right? So regardless of your context, if you have something lined up or if you don't have something lined up, confidence comes not only in knowing what is next, it comes more from following a path that you know is right, okay? So if you know that you need to be doing something else, there you go. Now, how to actually land doing something else. That's exactly what we're here for, okay? But approaching that conversation with confidence doesn't come exclusively from knowing what you are doing next. It comes from knowing that you're doing the right thing, okay? If what you know is what you need to be doing, then focus on that. Focus on what you know, okay? Rather than on what you don't know. Okay? And that is going to help you have confidence in that conversation. The same thing applies to if you know what you're doing next, 
work-wise, right? Let's say you know you have an, an HR job lined up, a human resources job, but there's plenty that you don't know about that job, right? Maybe the start time of day, the end time, some of the software they use, how everything works, everything about the coworkers, if you like the coworkers, there's, there's plenty that you don't know, right? But don't focus on that, okay? Even if you do know what you're doing next for a job, but if you don't know all the details, when you approach the conversation, focusing on, here's what I know, then you're going to approach that conversation confidently. The same thing goes for if you are having a conversation and you don't know what job you're doing next, but you do know, one, that you're following the right path for you, and two, that you're being really strategic and effective and methodical. You're going about this in a really great process with great resources and help. Then focus on that. Don't focus on the unknown while you're having a conversation with someone. I'll give you examples of how to articulate this in a bit. So again, focus on what you know, rather than focusing on what you don't know. Let's go ahead and talk about what to actually say. We've got the why questions, the what questions, and the how questions. So if someone says, well, why are you quitting or why are you doing something else? Now, really, everyone has a different why, right? There's different categories of whys. Everyone has different rationale. And you get to provide as much or as little information as you would like, okay? You don't have to open up your whole journal to them. You know what I'm saying? So here are some sentence starters and some sample sentences. You can choose from these or as ideas come to mind of what would work best for you, jot those down. Practice them if you need to. Do whatever helps you be comfortable and confident in this. Someone says, so why are you quitting? Or why are you doing something different? One easy and great way of addressing this is, well, the parts I love most about teaching are fill in the blank and fill in the blank. And I'm pursuing opportunities to do fill in the blank, which will allow me to use those top skills and interests and strengths of mine more full time rather than for just a small percentage of my day. That's pretty rational, right? Like it's pretty logical. Makes sense. Other things you can say, oh, my family has some needs that have come up and the other opportunities that I'm seeking will help me to have the flexibility that I want to need to help with my family, okay? Everybody understands family circumstances, right? And totally respects that. Or if someone is, you know, hard to explain this to, you can always simply default to the, it feels right category, okay? You don't have to provide a lot of rationale for anyone, really, no one can argue with the, I'm following what feels right. And if there are anyone who gives you a hard time on, but didn't you feel like you were supposed to be a teacher? Then a way of addressing that is simply, I felt called to be a teacher. And for the past fill in the blank amount of time, I've started to feel called to some different work. I'm following that call. Or you can just simply say, you know, it feels right. And people really, they can't argue with that, okay? What about 
the what questions. So those, those are the why, like, why are you doing this? And really maybe your rationale, maybe your reasoning for doing something different is totally different. And you're like, look, I know my why and it's this, and I'm okay telling people that like whatever it is for you, or if you're feeling like I just need to grow more or I've, I've felt kind of stagnant for a while, what you share might depend on who it is with and the level of your relationship with them. Okay. So but identify what you would be comfortable saying to people for that. What about the what questions? So what are you doing next? Okay, here's some different options for how to address that. Number one, I'm going to be doing blank. And I'm really looking forward to this about it and that about it. Okay. If, if you already have something lined up and you know X, Y, or Z about it, tell them, you know, you can say I'm, I'm going to be working at a university doing this, this, and this. I'm so excited about these aspects about it. You don't need to focus on, but I don't know like what time it starts and I don't, I don't know like what software they use and I don't know this and I don't know this. Okay. Focus on what you do know rather than on what you don't know. Okay. Number two, I'm going to enjoy some time off for a while before then applying to some positions that interest me. Number three, I'm looking into some opportunities to do this and this, right? Fill in the blank for those. If you haven't landed something yet, you can just let them know these are opportunities. These are avenues that I'm considering and looking into, right? And if they dive really deep into the what's of like, well, aren't you actually concerned about not finding anything? You can let them know I'm, I'm actually more concerned about acting on what I feel right about than I am concerned about the state of the job market on a given day. It really is okay to not have something lined up and letting people know that you are looking into and or going to be looking into other positions. That is an option. You are not a bad member of society if you have a few months doing whatever you want to do and need to do, right? It was actually really healthy for me. And I know it's been healthy for some of our insiders and for others as well to just have some time doing whatever you need and want to do, right? Give yourself a sabbatical, so to speak. Okay. So there are some of the, the what questions. Next, let's talk about the how. If people are asking, you know, how did you land your job or how are you going to land a different job, right? Well, if you've already landed one, sure, go ahead and tell them whatever details you want. Or if you haven't landed one yet, you're welcome to share however much of the process you have figured out as far as how you're going to go about it or as little of that process as you'd like. If you need a sample sentence, a really simple one is, I'm looking into opportunities like fill in the blank, if you want to expound even more, you can say, I know some of the best places to look for those kinds of opportunities. And I also know how to connect effectively with the people that are in those kinds of roles. Okay. If you want to let them know even more, you can even say something like, and I'm actually working with a career coach who works exclusively with transitioning teachers. And I can see through that, that a lot of educators are landing a variety of exciting opportunities all the time. So I'm actually not that worried about it. But thanks so much for caring enough to ask. 
Okay. Sometimes people really are asking their questions because, well, they're genuinely curious, but sometimes they're also asking because they're curious for themselves as well. So feel free to share with them as little or as much as you'd like. I want you to be confident, to feel confident and calm. I want you to not only go about it confidently at that moment, but when you look back on now or on then, whenever it is for you, I want you to feel confident and positive, proud really of how you went about it. Okay. Now let's also talk about one more point that I brought up earlier. When all else fails, redirect the conversation. Let's say you just want to share a very small part with them. Maybe you don't want to open up the whole journal. Maybe you're not incredibly comfortable and calm and confident about all of this on the inside, right? Have you heard of the duck principle before? You know how ducks on top of the water, it looks like they're just sailing smoothly, right? Well, under the water, they're working their tail off, right? They're working so hard and you see these feet that are ferociously spinning, spinning, spinning and working, 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 okay? Even if you feel like that underneath things, you don't have to have that be what's viewed above the water, so to speak, right? But if if you want to just share a little bit with them, like, you know, why are you quitting? And you say, actually, I just feel really strongly that this is the right thing for me. And so I'm following that. And then you can redirect the conversation by saying something like, thanks so much for asking. How are you lately? If it's a coworker, you can say, and how are things going with your class or your classes lately too? And if it's with a parent, you can say basically that same thing and just add, and how are you doing? And how is your family? I love working with your child. How's everything going for them? Okay. They know enough by knowing little. You don't have to open the whole journal for them. Okay. If you are going to be more confident by having a couple of statements or things that you can say, then feel free to pull from any of these or write down whatever works for you and you will be prepared to be calm and confident like that. Let's be honest. Teachers sometimes, oftentimes, are partially people pleasers. Okay, we want other people to be happy. And ultimately, really more often than not, the people whose opinions matter most are those who are going to be cheering for you, cheering for your well being, not critics. And the reality is, many teachers worry about conversations like this. What are people going to say? What are they going to ask me? How am I going to talk about it? More often than not, there is more worry about this than there actually is anything negative that plays out of conversations like this. Some people are going to be really supportive. They're going to be really excited for you. They're going to cheer you on. Sure, there are probably going to be some people that are going to be critical. Okay? Don't focus on it. Okay? You're going to learn so much more about them through this process, okay? You're going to see see who is supportive, who is encouraging, and who cares for you best in different ways, okay? But more often than not, those who care for you best are going to be supportive in the long run, all right? Okay, cool opportunity to learn.
about others through this as well. Keep in mind that your greatest confidence is going to come as you follow what feels right for you. And as you remember what matters most, remember when it comes to confidence, nothing replaces the peace that you feel and the calming confidence that you can have when you know what you're doing is right. As for knowing how to go about that, that's exactly what we're here for. Would love to hop on the next live call with you anytime. Okay. You focus on the what you need to do. Let us help you with the how to make that happen. So, in summary, today we've talked about focusing on what you know rather than on what you don't. It's going to help you be really confident. We've also talked about remembering what is most important. Now, maybe for you, that's following what feels right to you. Maybe for you, that's doing what's right for your family. Maybe for you, it's making a move that helps you prepare for something in your future, something coming down the road. Maybe you're thinking in this many years, I want to start having children. And in order to do that with the life flexibility that I want, I need to start now to do X, Y, or Z so that I can have different or other opportunities. Okay. Maybe you're thinking like, as far as retirement wise, I need to be doing something, whatever it is, like what is most important for you? I want you to remember that as you go about these conversations. Okay. I also, I also want you to point out the positives. Okay. Keep the conversation positive in a way that you can feel like you're being gracious, kind, and real at the same time with how you're going about it. And that you can be proud when you look back on how the conversation actually carried out. How It's really not about the conversation. It's about how you're conducting things overall. Okay. The process of all of this, keep it classy, right? And you can be real at the same time. And if one way of keeping it positive sounds like, you know, I enjoyed this and that about teaching and I'm excited to spend more of my workday working with those strengths and interests for the majority of the day, not just, you know, 30 minutes or, or whatnot, but whatever it is for you to keep it positive, try and keep it positive. And when all else fails, redirect the conversation. You don't have to open up all the volumes of the journal and spill all the thoughts, right? It's okay to just say, you know, it really feels like what's right for me and I'm really looking forward to it. How are you? How's your class? How's your family, right? Short and sweet. That's all you need. Okay, guys, you're doing a great job with so many things. I hope this has helped you identify or start brainstorming some things that can help you be confident in how you go about the process of this. It has less to do with what you're doing next and more to do with knowing that you are following a path that is right. Okay. Hope you can feel that, sense that, and do that. And if you need help with the how, let's hop on a call anytime. Okay. I will see you on our next live call in the membership portal or in next week's episode. This episode may have ended, but connecting doesn't have to. Join us on Facebook or Instagram and get the support and inspiration you need in your personal educator path. If you're loving the podcast, help us spread the word. Leave a review or screenshot the episode, share it on social media, and be sure to tag us at Teacher Transition. Who knows? We may even feature what you share on our social media feed too. Until next time, teacher friends, Be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Good luck with the great things you're up to right now and keep looking forward to the amazing things to come.